0: Hi there. Before we start, if you're new to our show, thank you so much for tuning into our program and we hope you'll stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragement. You really help this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of the people who look like us and as women and people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation so if you haven't already we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on omni apple and google or spotify leave us a rating and a review and if you'd like to support us Please had to buy me copy page to make a donation, which will help us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. There's a lot of pictures. Yeah, duh.
1: Yeah, I. I mean it yeah, was so really cool. well done. It was exquisitely well done.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I scrolled it, I, I felt like I was scrolling through for ages and then Our family trees. Yeah, and then I saw that I was only in like the first third of the article. I was like, shit, how oh, the f- wow. fucking long. Yeah. Oh, uh, have you watched the Megan and Harry?
0: <laughs> Wasn't that like two weeks ago the people with were already Yeah, I watched the
1: first
0: episode last night okay.
1: so I guess right, maybe we can talk about it
0: Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I want to hear what you think
1: okay, uh, Yeah yeah okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: sure I'm, I'm going to forget <laughs> okay. So. okay I'm Jessie Hi uh, this is Helen and we are asian bitches down under helen has a
1: unicorn horn on her head um if you can see
0: yeah
1: Um, in celebration of the end of 2022 and our final episode of the year helen how are you feeling what are your feelings for 2022
0: uh it's such a mess i think this year again (laughs) hopefully we will finally move back to the normal life before pandemic. But again, what is fucking normal? Nothing's normal nowadays.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, nothing's normal for women, you know. Mm, exactly, yeah. Speaking of women, I'm going to start with my usual rant. The first world prompt of the day. We love these <laughs> things. So recently, Uniqlo Australia has just released um, a new range of t-shirts last week, and mm-hmm. I received an email because i'm a member mm-hmm. it's a new doraemon range and our family loves doraemon because it's yeah. a japanese robot cat animation uh that People we watched watch yeah. yeah we watch when we were growing up so it's similar to doctor who so this new range of t-shirts really got me fired up when i received the email there are two icons at the end of the email adult and kids so obviously i click Onto the adult one because yes. I want to get something for myself before yeah, kids. <laughs> and the Safari window opened up with Uniqlo's website, but instead of expecting to see both men and women's range, uh-huh. I only saw men's range. And I double check whether or not there's women's range for Doraemon's T-shirt. Yeah, there's none. So apparently, the adult size was uh, defaulted as a man size. I wonder why. Yeah, which made it really annoying. It's like women's in and the styles is very all, different. different. yeah. So, why was it exclusively labeled men only? I mean, they can make it unisex. Yeah. But um, if a why brand do you, is, Why do you think they did that? I think that probably just thought that, oh, one, this is what I'm guessing, that maybe there will be more men buying this sort of t shirt.
1: Because Again, I'm because
0: animation, because it's diamond Yeah,
1: because okay. it's male character. Yeah, it's, it's
0: male character. Female, so they think they think that
1: more men are into more That's what I am guessing. So weird, I don't agree. Okay, yeah. But anyway, go on.
0: Yeah, and so would you re- really remind me of Caroline Perrette's book about of um, Invisible Woman that females are often being erased and men being made the default human for overall, and it's really disregarding the female fans of Doraemon like me Mm. and forcing us to purchase the male t-shirts which I don't really mind but it's really irritating because instead of medium which I usually get for like a female size I have to get a small man size and it's just a really annoying thing for me and I, I found that if it's like skirts or a particular piece of clothing that was already gendered then that's understandable but mm-hmm. t shirts it's not really gendered isn't yeah, it yeah, you can yeah. just label it unisex no, exactly yeah but on another hand that our brother suggests i can just get the kid's size because the prints on the kid's size are much better than the oh, really at yeah, the, really yeah yeah also, also where our like um
1: we often buy teenage clothes anyway yeah we do. By, yeah. by larger teenage sizes.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Well on to the news. Um, so while I was ranting about the first world problem about closing bread, that's not yeah. setting up a good example. Uh, let's not forget that in parts of the world that women have been denied of the rights uh, to education and I'm talking about the news that this week Afghanistan women are banned from tertiary education by the Taliban. So according to Al Jazeera, Afghanistan's Taliban-run Higher Education Ministry has said that female students will not be allowed access to the country's universities until further notice. A letter confirmed by a spokesperson for the Higher Education Ministry on Tuesday instructed Afghan public and private universities to suspend access to female students immediately in accordance with a cabinet decision. So, obviously, it's a very devastating and troubling move. Uh, but the Taliban for the woman in Afghanistan, denying the education to women pretty much is essentially stripping off their rights to, to yeah. become more progressive and, you know, to gain a um, degree and to become a profession to contribute to the society or even oh, yeah. to simply develop, you know, independent thinking.
1: To, to deny them economic empowerment
0: that's right. Yeah. yeah
1: they completely Sorry. have. Yeah, it's I have nothing much to add to be honest because there can be no encompassing way of talking about this issue without going into further detail. Because since the Taliban's takeover in August last year, um, it's just been a horrifying stripping back of more further rights uh, month by month. Women are just yeah, I I I, I i it's just um unbelievably horrifying what's going on in there, in that country yeah the diminishing of their rights day by day and the they're just uh, i don't know they basically live in a cage you know they mm. they can they have to wear a hijab um a burqa you know cover their entire face mm. basically um head um uh, yeah, and, and, you know, girls are over the age of 12, I believe, cannot go to school. Um, it's just
0: horrifying is, is the only word I can use to describe what's the situation there. Mm. Yeah, and this got, re- got me really thinking that sometimes I still encounter people who tell me that there's no gender inequality or that feminism... Isn't needed anymore, and it really infuriates me that they would never consider things that are happening
1: outside of their country, outside
0: of their own comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: also, uh, who are these people? <laughs> <Who laughs> ah, yeah. these people you'll meet they're obviously
0: online way more than I. Yeah, sometimes online, but you'll be surprised. Online. Yeah, they're, they're within my own social circles as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well, kudos to you for putting up with those kind of people. Um, let's move on to Helen's cultural consumption. Um, Helen, you want to look at t- two things today. Let's talk about them. First of all, it's a book that I lent you or gave you.
0: Yeah. Um, so I I think I briefly mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I started reading Babel. Yeah, I start reading Babel and I surprised myself that I finished it with uh, Before Christmas because it's a 500-page novel. Oh, it's
1: so thick. <laughs> it's, it's very thick. thick, yeah. And it's a fantasy, which I just can't do.
0: Yeah, it's semi-fantasy, but it's very much uh, on gender and racial politics in the um, academic. Again, it's, it's similar to disorientation, but it goes into more deep detail of what I really love, you know, translation and languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book is by Rebecca F. Kwan, and I, so I really surprised myself that I enjoy reading historical fiction novels. You know, another one is John of the Lark for this year. I really hated history when I was growing up because I was yeah. so immature. I had hardly found history engaging at all. Yeah. But now there's a, a full grown woman that I can truly appreciate. Um, so the book is full of gender and racial politics Politics in the early early 1800s in Oxford, England. And that seems uh, to be, there's a lot of aspects still exist in 2022. Hmm and the part where i found really sad and also not surprised is that most white people in the story eventually will still betray people of color for their Mm -hmm. own advantage yeah yeah no matter how much connection that you made with white people as a person of color
1: yeah they'll
0: always (laughs) betray you in the end mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's that's the i think it's just the the author is really reflecting the reality yeah through mm-hmm. the novel do you yeah.
1: read much in the fantasy
0: no I don't. Yeah, I, I don't i i don't like harry potter i mean i don't mind watching a movie oh, or to easy to read, though. Yeah, but, thinking, I just,
1: yeah i mean i'm not saying babel wasn't easy to read but um i i had a in front of me and as a book and then I also had it on audible so I kind of like listened to it while reading it and um I realized that never really works um because of my reading um speed and the style and where I want to pause on certain Mm -hmm. sentences it never co-correlates with the audio book um somehow I think I got up to the 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 first third of this book and then I just got bored I just I didn't feel compelled enough to keep going, and I wasn't. I wasn't interested enough to know what the the central character's name. I forget, but he's a young Asian boy, right? Yeah, Robin. Robin Swift. Yeah, the, what yeah. Robin Swift. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and um, I, I just like yeah. Um, I mean, you finished The Candy House even when you hated it. <laughs> I, if I don't. If I don't like love, this, <laughs> I will put it down. I, I have too. There are too many things out there to put up it's just like it's almost like friends like i won't hang out with someone unless i absolutely love them Mm. Um, it sounds like a snobby thing to say but like i don't put up you don't want to invest your efforts exactly why would i I, the older i get the less time i have Mm -hmm. Um, i'm like very very selective about my time so I, i find it absolutely amazing that you like are so generous and you stick with something um, I know a couple of people around me who are um, what they call completionists and they just, like, no matter what the quality of what they're reading, um, they'll stick it out to the
0: end, which I, you know, admire, but I personally just can't do that. Mm. I, I think it really depends. I think it's not to the point that I really dislike it. Right, okay. You know? And also, I, I, yeah, Candy Did House you is like very strange you disliked The Candy House and yet you Yeah, I dislike Candy House a lot and not it's not into that I read the reviews that I found people who had the same experience like me, that I can really talk about it because all the reviews I saw in the very, uh, in like New York Times or New Yorkers or major publishers all, all praise this book. Yeah, yeah. So that's why okay. I didn't really want to come out and say that, oh, I, I don't think this is the book for me. Is just it because I'm it. wrong? No. no I'm yeah. wrong about everything.
1: And then you say it and then you realize other people are... It's just like um, when you're in a classroom and uh, you're the one who put up your hand and ask a question and then everyone else, five other
0: people like, Oh, thank God they asked yeah. So it was asking if I was too <laughs> embarrassed. Yeah. But you still haven't started reading Candy House. Okay, as on the book. I don't think I will actually, just because you. Did you actually even read the first page? No, I haven't.
1: I've got too many things to do, too many things to do, and books to read that are way more enjoyable. Um, Mm -hmm. my um consumption of this week is has been a reluctant one, and it turned out to be actually very enjoyable. So obviously, I'm talking about the Netflix limited series docos, uh, Harry and Meghan. (laughs) Yes. I was very reluctant to watch this because um i am i I tell this to my boss i think the other day i'm allergic to anything to do with the royals oh
0: yeah 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 that's
1: not even strong enough like i actively find them like i would rather i would rather watch paint dry i know that's such a boring kind of metaphor (laughs) but i would rather watch paint dry than read anything about these people they're like I don't hate them. I'm not like Jeremy Clarkson, who you know is like disgusting, yeah, hates women and and hates yeah and hates people in the royal family. I'm not like that. I just have like zero interest. Yeah, Yeah. it's like it's worse than hate. It's like absolute indifference, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it's six hours. There's six episodes, one hour long episodes, and um, particularly when it comes to Meghan and Harry, because there's so much talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have listened to them only I think there's another podcast that um talk about them sometimes and I kind of just like shrug my shoulder and but that's kind of really the the level of engagement I have had with them I kind of hear about them peripherally Mm. from people who talk about it but personally Mm. I have zero interest in them however I started seeing that a lot of like I guess prestigious like intellectual um places like the New Yorker were writing very interesting pieces about them and mm. I started to read about, so I ended up reading reviews about the doco much more than, like, I, I did actual read. documentary. Yeah. And then it got to the point yesterday <laughs> where I had, like, I was eating dinner um, uh, last night and I was alone, so I thought, um, well, I might as well give it a go because maybe maybe it's not, like, I also, like, um, there are a couple of parties coming up, you know, celebrations, and I want to be able to talk to some people about this <laughs> just, I like so timely, so I've. Like, have you guys watched Harry megan And, and it's such a sort of like, I'm not in this soccer world, but it's kind of like the Olympics or the World Cup. It's a, yeah. sort of like a global unifying um event
0: that you need to know yeah. to make small yeah, talk. exactly.
1: And so I thought, okay, I'll just give myself one hour. You know, the, uh, like one hour. Uh, uh, like uh, it's not six hours. You know, I'll just give myself one hour to watch the first episode, and I was, like, delightfully surprised. Mm-hmm. It was actually very, very interesting. And it, I it never in the one hour was I bored. Mm-hmm. It sucked you into their love story. I thought it was very, like, obviously, you know, like Meghan and Harry, they wanted this documentary made. It's completely from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, there's archival footage shot by themselves privately from, like, around 2020, when everything went to shits. I think it's when they left the Royal Family 2020. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I guess my first feeling was like, uh, who wants, who are, who like sort of demands that a documentary be made about themselves? You know, I was questioning that because usually when a documentary is made, it's like someone who admires a historical figure or, you know, someone who is very interested in a social issue, but they... Um, they wanted to make a documentary um, and tell their side of the story. And like part of me, I I was kind of wavering between emotions. So first of all, I was like looking at it and seeing their kind of perspective and the way in which they're framed as uh, victims. Basically, I'd say I like, yeah, yeah, they they suffered really badly from the tabloids. The paparazzi were very um, encroaching on their lives um and they looked like victims basically and i kind of was like wow it's amazing how two of the most privileged wealthy people can make a story in which we feel sorry for them you know and then uh, and then there are bits where i really did feel sympathetic sympathetic for them you know towards them i mean yeah i i kind of don't really understand the hatred against megan um i really don't I don't know if it's a race thing. I don't know if it's um, people in Britain hating on Americans. It could be that. It could be historical political factors. It could be the fact that um, she's just, I feel like um, often she's compared to Kate Middleton. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Middleton is the most vapid, white page, white bread, white, like just the most dull piece of, Beige wall that I can think of of a human being, um, and I think that's what royal family like. They like kind of like very skinny, manicured, like very delicate and um, proper women and beautiful women put together. That's
0: like monarchy wants.
1: Yeah, Kate K- K- Middleton is like the formalized. perfect like royal family member, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess like be- because she's um, closest in kind of like she's she's the wife of uh, you know Prince william yeah 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 inevitably i think prince harry's wife is going to be compared to her unfortunately but yeah like i i think i might continue watching it i i'm not definitely not racing to go watch the second episode like i did comfortably i was able to stop the second episode when it came on automatically but yeah no i actually found it surprisingly delightful
0: Mm -hmm. okay that's interesting i always thought I'm like you, I, I don't have anything against royal family, except that I think monarchy should be abolished with their power and their wealth, um, but it's going to take a long time to do that, and what am I, you know, a normal, not a normal, but just a regular Asian woman living in Australia, which is another stolen land, so I don't have the power to say anything about that, um, but when this... When this documentary came out, I had a lot of, yeah, I, I hear from all perspectives, you know, people was speaking up for the uh, for the royal family and people speaking up for Meghan as well. And I had friends who watched it and saying that uh had the same reaction as you. They say that uh, they are very unexpectedly very surprised of how that it was so evocative for them, even though they're not attracted to any stories of... Yeah royal family i think it's something like but from my own perspective while i was talking to my friend about this documentary i think i'm i kept coming back thinking that why that um the tabloid has the need to attack megan but not harry for me it, it feels very relative in the sense that because he's been kind of dragged out of the family and she's been portrayed as this Bad woman who dragged out a nice, yeah, yeah. Uh, proper boy from the royal family, and he's just being Yoko. corrupted. Yeah, just like Yoko Ono was blamed for the bleedle split, <laughs> right?
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, women of color are always being blamed.
0: Yeah, and and then people are saying that oh, she's such a windja. She complains about everything. But I think I have more issues with Harry, honestly. If he right. can just openly, because the, the the problem comes back to the monarchy. It comes back to this very racial based power dynamic between, uh, a basically a white family against a uh, a person, a woman of color, but the husband, where in this case Harry, is stuck in the middle. Even though that he said that, I think what they, um, are they officially estranged? Are they officially? Are they officially I'm not strung? sure. I, mean, um, I feel
1: like they still have the title Duchess yeah. of Sussex or whatever that title is. Yeah,
0: I mean, if they really want to get rid of and speak out about all this injustice, yeah, Harry could just you know speak up and say that abolish the monarchy and then he oh, can just God. go back. Not even go back, he can just be a normal citizen of US or Britain or whatever, wherever he's going to live and not being treated as uh, someone who's special if he wants to really. But I I don't think that it's going to move down that path. He would, I think the privilege is there it's too much for him to let go yeah absolutely yeah. yeah privilege is the first thing that he could have speak about this kind of things again no one's gonna fucking care if he's just some some guy who lives in a suburban area and married a <laughs> of color you know because he's a prince and everyone's attention's on him
1: yeah i i really like what you said about like yeah i guess this whole story like this is a part of why i thought i watched the- the Netflix documentary because it felt like such a like quote unquote global event. But I also read a, um, an article in um, The New Yorker by a, a writer, I don't remember her name, but it was a woman and she said basically the documentary um, is a study in how what it means to be watched because they're so closely like it kind of the first episode at least goes into the history of um, Harry's upbringing and he, and he talks to the camera and he says, you know, and there was archival footage of him as a baby and it was like everywhere he anytime he went out the door he was there was always a lens on him he mm-hmm. was constantly being watched and they kind of talked about um the the horrible um, paparazzi i guess phenomena that her his mother die princess die also experienced and you know that ultimately caused her death, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. in the car crash. It was because of the paparazzis were chasing them down. Um, So there's no denying that um, really caused her death. And um, what what I find so fascinating really is um, not only that this documentary may be one about an analysis of how, what it means to be watched, but also like you said, you brought up um, the basically um, misogyny, the sexism, of mm-hmm. the story. It, it is such a great example of people laying the blame on
0: women and not really interrogating the the man in this story. Hmm. What, what is he doing? Honestly, like I know that he's got a book coming out because again he's got the title Prince Harry, so all the fucking publishers are trying to market his book as much as possible. I can see he's posted everywhere now on bookstore, Ugh, rolling my eyes. Uh, I think it's called Spare, Spare. yeah Spare with his face on the book cover. (laughs) What have you honestly done for the world that you earn that much privilege and entitlement to write a book, to make a documentary, if you really want to make something different for the world, call out and call out to abolish monarchy, call out to, you know, decolonize shits that well, basically so, hearing you say um he's not radical enough oh yeah exactly yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and he's only he's only become like this is because that and again a woman of color that he married yeah probably made him realize you know all those stuff that his family has done Although there's one thing that i was uh thinking while we are on this conversation what if they divorce yeah. What
1: happens yeah. if they divorce in the future I hope they don't divorce because their love story is actually very sweet <laughs> like i buy it i really like i buy the 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 kind of um the very like childish and um playful nature that they have together mm-hmm. i really buy it and i love it it's really really sweet it's really yes. sweet. even <laughs> you that you bought it oh, it's it? lovely yeah it's very i just like um two adults who are playful like i kind of I like that myself, you know. Um, I like people who don't take themselves too seriously, and they look like adults who don't take themselves too seriously. At least the portrayal of the reflection of the early stages of their romance, that's what it kind of was painted as. And um, you know, just as we talk about it, Helen, I, I'm more and more uh, feeling like you really need to watch at least the first episode so we can talk about it. And mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. But there is um a part, quite a lot of the first episode talks about um how they got together like so they met through instagram um and they kind of re- they reflect on how the early very early stages of their romance so she was in U- the us he was in london and how they would try and text each other and arrange dates right and um harry had this moment where he said um that all his previous like cuz they, they were saying how they had to keep this um s- their relationship secret because they yeah. were didn't- her, like he wanted to protect Megan from the paparazzi and from headlines and all that as much as, as for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So he said in the documentary in the first episode, like in his past relationships, they only lasted weeks or several months because the moment that um, the paparazzi, um, you know, found out about a girlfriend he was having, they would like go to her house. They would, would chase her down. take her down yeah. on the street and her life was like completely changed upside down. And Harry's had this line where he's like, and that's why none of my previous relationships worked. And I was like, wow, that's like you don't blame any, you're like you don't put any onuses of the breakdown of relationships on yourself. It was yourself, just like, yeah, paparazzi. Yeah. It was it never that's like awesome. me. Maybe I was an asshole. <laughs> like, I'm not saying he's an asshole, but I was just like, like the way he painted it, I was like, wow, you're really like all of the past relationships were just like purely because of
0: paparazzi. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. I thought that was very funny. The, the the thing is uh, i don't i don't want to i don't want to talk about bad omens for in the in the future but i think they both of them pr- put a lot of pressure onto themselves about on this relationship and oh my goodness yeah i can't i cannot agree more and you yeah, know what Helen's, yeah that's what i'm okay. saying that what if they divorce yeah, or separate um, in the future so
1: what was funny also something that i found really funny about this stalker was like they Painted themselves as victims from the beginning. And then they were like, oh, we can't, we we just like constantly watched with cameras in our faces all the time. And yet there were several, several like videos and photos of like the early stages of romance. Like they sh- they they took pictures of every single moment. Like they there was a picture of them holding hands, stuff like that. Like as in like the picture was of their hands being held together. And like, I was like, for people who don't like being like documented by the public, they, they seem to document themselves a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a different (laughs) thing. I get it. I mean, I get it. You know, like it's entirely different. I I think my point, actually, someone can completely just uh, take down because, you know, it's different. It's a different thing to be snapped candidly by strangers and um, compared to, you know, documenting your own love story. But um I'm just like I'm always kind of suspicious of people couples especially who like document every single kiss and you know like show it to the world and mm. show people it feels that like
0: they, they feel the need to
1: be it's announced bit, it's just a bit fake
0: yeah. Yeah. But no
1: one's that perfect and they
0: present themselves as like the perfect couple mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's why saying that, oh, what if they divorce? divorced? <laughs> like, I keep going, <laughs> repeating this because I want to see how they're gonna... Like, I want to see how they will handle it if their relationship breaks down. Like, no one's perfect, honestly, and I think putting so much pressure on a relationship makes it harder to work. That's yeah. what I feel. Let, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what have I watched this week? Um, not so much of a recommendation, unfortunately, but I had honestly had a high expectation for this animation, which is called "Looks Look Lookism." Kind of pronounce it. It's a Korean animation uh, because of its title. Um, we spoke about this a little bit before. Uh, what we thought about this concept, "Looks Lux, but really never really delve into the idea behind it. So essentially this is how the society effectively effectively been biased and prejudiced towards your appearance. So if you're aligned to a certain standard of the expectations of the media entertainment, you're more likely to be favored or basically anything. You know, you're you're given the entitlement or the privilege to access anything. Mm. The society's standard of beauty, fitness, body shape, and skin color has everything to do with it. Uh, I was a little disappointed about this innovation due to the lack of insights about appearance, and the story was told very straightforwardly. So this is based on a webtoon, which I believe is a graphic novel that was first published online, about a high school student who was bullied because he was chubby he was wearing glasses not wealthy and you know he, he's basically kind of like a character that, that similar to the parasite family yeah and, yeah yeah he's like living in like a semi-basement apartment and he's got a uh, who he only has a mother who works very hard to support him and obviously he's not appreciated for his personality and his kindness and so after this massive bullying incident he decided and his his mom decided for him to change school but then unfortunately he was still bullied at this new school and one night for some reason he cried himself to sleep and he woke up and found himself in another body and we can all kind of guess what kind of body that he's a hot body yeah a hot body a very good looking like k-pop star Mm -hmm. face And then uh, I don't want to spoil it for everyone. So if anyone who's interested, who can go and watch it. And since I'm not, I'm a completist, it's only like 20 minutes per episode. Mm -hmm. And only one aspect that I enjoyed of this animation that I like was that it is told by, from the perspective of a boy's point of view, rather than in the past that we've seen a lot of animation that talked about how a girl dealing with her own appearance throughout puberty mm. and often that you don't really see it from the boys point of view. Yeah. And from this uh from this animation you can really see it. It's been portrayed really harshly because with the boys bullying incident it's often involved with violence. Yeah,
1: well, yeah.
0: When it comes to bullying, yeah. yeah. So for anyone who wants to watch it, Luxism is Quite interesting but it hasn't really done that well i think yeah. yeah
1: okay that's great recommendations for this week our final episode of the year and uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about another big thing that people have been talking about this week that is of course Nepo babies for some reason it just it's started... coming up
0: everywhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the media outlets <laughs> are writing about
1: yeah a lot in 2022 and then suddenly vulture comes out with this extraordinary manifesto basically um charting it's a bible it's so long (laughs) charting hollywood's um family ties of famous people we'll be right back guys after this break stick with us so we're back guys and we are of course talking about the very very popular article that came out this week uh, from Vulture called An all But Definitive Guide to the Hollywood Nepoverse Actors, Singers, Directors, who just happen to be the children of actors, singers, and directors. (laughs) Now, it was a monumental piece, like I said. It's by Nate Jones, who is a Vulture senior writer who covers movies and pop culture with um, assistant, assisted by uh, research by uh jennifer zhang i believe her name was um jennifer Zhang. yes um and i cannot believe like anyone could have done this by themselves it was really i thought it was going to be like just kind of like a listicle article with like 20 nepo babies yeah yeah It is so long it is scrolling through the bible
0: honestly yeah it's like a lot of family trees and goes into detail of um the silver screen industry, the music industry, and where they're from, who are their
1: parents, what what school Mm -hmm. they went to. So Crossroads came out a lot.
0: Yeah, Um, what the hell is Crossroads? Is that like
1: an exclusive? Exactly. It must be an exclusive school that a lot of Hollywood star kids go to.
0: Uh Uh I've never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of it as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, if you if you've seen it, you know what it, the layout's like. Like Helen said, it looks like a time. It looks like a family tree with the faces of people and their kids and how they're related. It is amazing. It is so like it's a the chart is just so visually stunning as well.
0: Yeah, and also ninety nine percent of them are all white. Right, yeah. That's one percent. Thank you for bringing that
1: up. Thank you. Um, for bringing zero
0: that up. zero Asians were <laughs> yeah.
1: mentioned. Because there are no Asians in Hollywood. There are no Asians, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, a couple of people who are black, Fandi Newton, whose daughter is Nico Parker, never heard of him, never heard of her. Um, uh, Lenny Cuba, Kravitz. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz is on there. Obviously Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Cuba, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, yeah. is on there. Uh, uh, that's basically it. There's, like, literally no other person of colour.
0: Uh, there's Marvin Gaye and... Yeah, I can't yeah,
1: it's very, Thank you for bringing that up, Helen. It is a very white-centric um, uh, article, um, mm-hmm. I guess. An ex- yeah, it's an expose that really reveals the absolute racial hem- homogeny of Hollywood. But, uh, yeah, what? so they have different categories, um, like um, kind of like who, uh, who, one of the characters is like, one of the categories is, Called booked and busy, second generation stars, more likely to be third build. So, like, kind of obviously kids who are not as famous as their da- uh, dads or mums, like Colin Hanks, whose father is Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, Rumor Wills, who is the daughter of Bruce Willis. I didn't, I don't know her in anything. I think she's just like famous for being someone's very famous, you know, the daughter of someone famous. Um, what I find so fascinating, I, I would just like to say, before we hear Helen's perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that like um you know there've been a lot of conversations there are a lot of articles that have been streaming um out since the release of this article you know the guardian has had ho- ho- several op-ed pieces um you know several different places have talked about this people reacting to this and you know one of, i think the guardian had an article called something like why uh, why do generation millennials or gen z's not aware of nepo babies Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, for a long time, didn't know about um, Laura Dern and her, you know, um, progeny, I guess, like her parents. Apparently they're famous. Um, George Clooney comes from a very famous line of, you know, actors and actors. I think his aunt was f- very famous. We, um, I mean, we didn't know that because we grew up knowing only George Clooney, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only natural that we kind of know the star in terms of like the age in which we see them being at the height of their Careers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I find so fascinating is, like, I don't understand why people are so like adamant on, um, sort of not attacking Nepo babies, but like make like demanding that they be aware of Mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, privilege into their the the privilege that they have. It's there's no other word to describe it. They they have privilege that people don't because they have um parents who are in the industry, so obviously they can get contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what I don't get, Helen, is that um this happens in every fucking industry. Yes. What the hell? Why are people so mad at Hollywood stars and demand that they like um you know demand that we think like oh they need to prove themselves because you know their dad got them into the industry. It's like literally that happens in every industry. You know, like teachers get ro- teachers get um jobs because their parents are teaching in the school or like um you know, um, fathers hire their sons into their company or, like, I don't know, this idea of Nepo babies, it's, like, it happens everywhere. You know, people have advantages um, that they receive based on the industry that their parents are in naturally. So I'm I'm not sure why people, like, the public are so adamant on, like, pointing out that actors in particular in Hollywood need to prove themselves or, like, be aware as though being aware just, like, lets you off from being
0: an asshole
1: what do you what do you have you what do you think about
0: i think people are still hold on to the idea of meritocracy whether or not that is a lie and i do think that it is a lie that there's meritocracy there's no fucking meritocracy in anything You you need connection you need networking and that comes down to saying that if you all, ha- you have all those privileges, you're more likely to get ahead compared yeah. to other people. But then again, I think in one of the article about this Nepo baby, they, um, someone asked Gwyneth Gr- Paltrow, and she said that you actually, when it's known, you actually have to work twice as harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because people judge you more harshly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but then, then again, hollywood and anything that's got to do with art is very very subjective it's not like as an accountant you do a proper balance and checks and people know that your ability of doing balance and checks even with if you have a connection to your dad if you're down the ceo of accounting but if you're doing the shitty balance and checks we know that you're a shit accountant you can't be an accountant but whereas in hollywood even if you're uh, even if you're, I don't know, trying to find an actor now, even if you're um, Tom Cruise's children, but you did a shit movie according to the public, you're more likely to get another contract anyway. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're a children of Tom Cruise, he's going to get you, even if it's not a, a good script or even if it's not making any money, you're still going to get jobs. So I think meritocracy is very. It's a very vague term for the, yeah, for the film industry. (laughs) Yeah. It's not very
1: straightforward. Yeah. What do you think about Gwyneth Paltrow saying that you need to work twice as hard? I kind of buy
0: that. Well, um, half and half. I think what is, it goes back to what is working twice as hard, you know, for her, working twice as hard for her might means that any other people without netizen need to work four times as hard. Yeah, exactly. No, double the double. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, she's already got the connection and she's already up there. No one's, uh, there's going to be less people who say no to her than who's, who's, you know, my age and trying to, you know, break through (laughs) Hollywood without any backgrounds, you know. I think it's, it, it really depends. Yeah i mean as someone
1: who loves kind of actors and loves talking about them i really enjoyed scrolling through this i need to like go back and look at it very very carefully but um this was like so enjoyable
0: i mean like, it's I, so long it's, it's, i it's didn't really- know that the girl who plays emily in paris which i still haven't watched Phil is phila collins daughter oh really
1: yeah i i've always known that i think because i've i think because i've been quite enamored by Lily Collins for a long time because I just think she's like the prettiest person who ever lived yeah like she's 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 not beautiful like beautiful women I think when I think of beautiful women I think Sophia Loren or like um Catherine Hepburn or um Audrey Hepburn um but Lily Collins is very pretty she's very very pretty Mm. so and I like pretty people, so like as in I like looking at them. So I've known that for a while. Also, I cannot believe y- you haven't seen Emily in Paris. You're probably the only human. Oh, yeah. in- <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like, your uh, eight-year-old daughter watch Emily in Paris because she's gonna <laughs> turn out like a ditz, like Emily.
0: Also, <laughs> I found fascinating that in the uh, in the family tree of Kurt Russell and Gaudy Hall, huh? oh, yeah, there's, Kate Hudson. Yeah, there's not Kate Hudson. It's oh, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Who the fuck is Holly Russell? Yeah, he came to late, came acting late after trying to become an ice hockey player.
1: Oh, I think was he married to Hilary Duff for a bit? Oh, really? I don't I know. There's another connection
0: for you? Now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated why there's no cat Hudson under there under Cody Horn. Very yeah. weird. If you
1: were, if I mean, obviously this is hypothetical, but if you were, do you, if you were like, if our parents were um, Hollywood superstars, would you be, would you go into acting? I mean, obviously it depends on what you've seen your parents go through. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think of myself as someone who goes against the grain. Mm, Yeah, mm. sensibly I have because you know our parents were business owners, and like we, you and I, we haven't owned businesses. I actively deter from being a business owner just because I've seen the stress that that put on them. And I'm like, I want a life, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd like to think like um if I was if my parents were really, really um well uh really famous, I'd like to think of that I would be like not even tell anyone who my parents are. Because mm-hmm. you don't want people to just like you know, know you for that and want to hang out with you for that, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's also how your parents present their lifestyle and their career to their kids yeah exactly you know those kids might have want to be aspire to what their you know the spotlight that their parents had or still have in, and they they want that kind of lifestyle as well and of course there's not you know let's not forget the the wealth come with it exactly exactly if those kids will want to continue that kind of lineage yeah yeah. yeah, but then again, there's a lot of, a lot of you know, Nepo babies that I don't know or hardly heard about. Yeah, there's a lot of
1: people on the list that, um, you yeah. know, uh, we've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Hollywood is a huge place.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, Ron Howard's daughter, I've only known her, Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas. I didn't yeah. know her for Jurassic World. Well. I, like did later, yeah.
1: I did not know later, yeah. Not yeah. So I discovered that that was her, his daughter. I did not know his dad. Her dad was Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. And I get all mixed up with Jessica Chastain all the time. They both like look exactly the same.
0: And I think I found out about Dan Levy very early on because they did Shet's scrapes. Oh yes,
1: together. together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that ever, ever, ever happened on television.
0: <laughs> Hands down. okay. <Honestly. laughs> and there's no you you can just literally tell because they almost look so yeah they do
1: look very alike you can can tell their father and son is the best character ever written. basically him okay we're going to take a quick break and um in our final segment which we're going to talk about is our favorite tv and films of the year uh 2022 helen's got a long list i've got a short list (laughs) It is too so short. Wrap, wrap up this conversation and this last episode in, with great you know reflections on this year of television and tv so we'll
0: be right back okay so we're back so this year um i haven't been watching a lot of movies and i haven't been going out to the cinema apart from going to the film festival but uh, on my list of best TVs and films of 2022, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to mention three TV shows that I truly enjoyed watching this year. The first one's Pieces of Her, Tony Collette, uh, The Twelve, which is an Australian drama. So both of them were recommended by Jesse.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm yeah. glad I like watched some Australian content. Yeah, the Twelve was really good. I think oh, it was great. And so was um after the verdict. That was delightful. <laughs> yeah, <it> was
0: fun. <laughs> yeah, and there is one K drama that is on my list this year, the Extraordinary Attorney Woo. That's a K drama uh, about a uh, an attorney with um autism spectrum. It was very popular. And this, uh, the next one that I really enjoyed and recently picked up start watching and my daughter's watching with me is called Abbott's Elementary. Yeah, Beth, so such a good show. <laughs> it's such a fun show to watch. And my daughter actually told me that, uh, oh, Abbott's Elementary is just uh, Brooklyn 99 but set in a school. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so exactly. Clever of picking yeah. up. All the characters that is similar to Brooklyn 99. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, she was saying that, oh, Janine is like Amy and um, Gregory and Jacob is almost like uh, Jake. Jake, Jake yeah, is Brooklyn yeah. 99. Yeah, and Ava's, uh, what's the name, the assistant? Gina, yeah. Gina Jeanine. Laledi. Ava is like <laughs> Gina Laledi. But isn't Gina, doesn't
1: Gina um, isn't she in Abbott Elementary? No, she's not. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I
0: love her. Yeah, and the the Italian is an Italian teacher, Melissa. Mm. Yeah, Melissa is like um, Rosa in Brooklyn ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I I just pinpoint all the yeah. characters. That is very similar. That's incredible. Brooklyn yeah. Yeah. Incredible. yeah. So, Abba's elementary. It's um like like a mockumentary. Sitcom yeah, that reflects yeah. on the public education system in the U.S. Set yeah, in Philadelphia, yeah. yeah, such a fun thing to watch. Yeah, well, my
1: TV shows um were I have three this year. Um, obviously, White Lotus. I cannot commend that enough. It is ridiculously good. Um, that's all I want to say about it. It was so immersive and incredible. Just mer- the best TV at its best. Um, another show that I loved was Night Sky with Sissy Spacek and J.J. Simmons. I think that's his name. That guy from Whiplash. That's, that's all I ever say, the, the yeah, yeah. monster teacher from Whiplash. <laughs> uh, that is an extraordinary show and so beautiful. And finally, um, The Resort, which I think was on stand, was also incredible. It was really, really, really absolutely riveting. Uh, it was beautiful. It was The storyline was like, I mean, I, I kind of found the ending quite unremarked. Uh, quite unbelievable. Like I wasn't convinced by the ending, but a uh, great show. Great show, so fantastic show okay um and uh for the movie i had had just one yeah and that was obviously everywhere everywhere
0: everyone (laughs) i can't even say it everything everywhere or at once by michelle Yao. yes and stephanie Shu. yeah that's so great that is the top movie for us both of us this year and we don't really need to explain why it's our favorite um, yeah we've talked about it we had a whole we've episode about already. it enough yeah and we're, we're just waiting to see that even though we don't think it's really important but hopefully yeah, uh,
1: awards,
0: exactly. yeah, it will show you exactly yeah we'll be it'll be nice to see i mean when are the nominations coming out right uh, now i think it's usually at the beginning of the year isn't it february uh, i feel like it's at the end of the year Oh okay. Oh no, you're right. It says. Oh wait. But she's already been nominated okay. for a couple of awards. Yeah. It says, yeah. It says um the
1: 2023 Oscar nominations will be unveiled on the 24th of January.
0: No. Oh. That's
1: exciting. Exciting. Yeah. We should have. Yeah, we should have um our predictions. Although I didn't. I haven't seen enough movies this year to know who's. You know.
0: A lot of um, pop culture writers are already predicting it's uh, between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yao. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett for Tar? I haven't seen that, so I can't decide. I can't yeah. But it will be uh, Kate Blanchett? Honestly, she's she's had enough. Yeah. I
1: mean, give <laughs> someone else she's a My
0: face everywhere.
1: Like, give <laughs> give someone else, you know, a chance to step into the spotlight. I know. Yeah. That's very Not true. that, not that we need, you know, Hollywood's validation.
0: So,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't wait to see Tar. There's so many movies that are coming out that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. And I also think Glass Onion comes out in Netflix tonight. Yes,
0: so yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna watch Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to Find subscribe for the whole year. <laughs> to, please remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple, and give us a five star rating. If you'd like to support us, what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this year, 2020, and we'll chat to you next year. Stay safe and happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, have a good Christmas, everyone, and um, we'll speak to you in 2023. Bye.